podcast on a beautiful newsy Friday afternoon. We have an outstanding show for you on this Friday, joined by my guy, Adam Hogue. I'm back. Start of the show, and I think Greg Braggs is on the show. He was five seconds ago, and there he is. Yes, we had a little bit of a faux pas where we just did the start of a show. Greg didn't hit a button. Now he's hit the button. Now we're here. We don't have to worry about that, Gregory. I've made a zillion mistakes in my production life. So I if you're 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 with the right guy and Ho, you can attest to this. I will miss buttons and listen, these things happen. You didn't come into this business to do that. So it, it's the way it goes sometimes. We could have just pretended that it never happened and blame Karn for being five minutes late. No one ever known. Yeah, that's, I mean that's true. I could have bust tossed Karn, but at the same time, we can laugh about it. Yes. We were live in my mind for the about three and a half minutes until I realized I actually didn't hit go live. A very simple thing, a part of my job, but the simple things elude me in life. There, there, there is a reason why Lawrence gets paid the big bucks, and uh, you know the rest of us are here doing whatever we're doing. Well, but that it, it does suck because we did set a record for earliest I ever walked off a show. It was about <laughs> ten seconds, and we yeah. missed that. Well, because no I see it. Yeah. I said I was the captain of the ship. I came in leading. Everyone jumped ship. And now we know why I do not drive the ship here. For, for the record, Hogue left faster than he left when I said that I would take my guy, <laughs> outstanding quarterback, Derek Carr, over Justin Fields for the remaining part of the thing. This was an instant. He thought about that one for at least one second, but this was like right off the show. No, this was is a, about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I, you know, leaned out of there. <laughs> All right, let's, let's uh, before we go any further, uh, and uh, we're going to get all into Kerry Joseph and, and everything that's going on around the Bears right now, lots of cover here, Joe Barry included, and we're, we're going to have a guest on from Green Bay, from Milwaukee, ESPN Milwaukee, Craig Matzik will be with us at 1230 today. Uh, but first, let's do Taking Care of Business, powered by ComEd, ComEd.com forward slash powering business, powering biz, and hey, I think we got to give it to Senor Eberflusi. The Fluce is out here. Number one target, Shane Waldron. Well, let's interview 10 guys. Let's bring him in. And now Waldron's bringing his friends and Kerry Joseph. I, I, I think the Flucy is taking care of business right now. They gave him an opportunity to just keep the job, and he's kind of delivering. Hogue, you look like you're uh, you're willing. You're, you confirm that this is the right choice for this week, the Flucy? Well, I like the Shane Waldron hire. I think he always was at the top of the list in terms of checking the most boxes, including, you know, most importantly, experience with calling plays. I'm a little, just being honest, a little underwhelmed with this quarterback coach hire. I, you know, was kind of hoping for somebody that has a little bit more experience. Um, Kerry Joseph has really only been in the NFL since 2020. He had, you know, he was an intern with the Bucks back in 2017, but uh, he's been with one team. He's been with the Seahawks. Now I do like that. He's worked with Waldron. So, you know, they have chemistry and they, you know, understand each other, but he was the assistant quarterbacks coach there. So they are, you know, taking a little bit of a gamble here. that somebody who's never actually been the quarterbacks coach uh, at the NFL level is going to you know get the job done whether that's revitalizing Justin Fields career here or you know putting the most talented kid the entire draft uh the you know giving him the keys to the car as a rookie 
that's a big job. I mean, this quarterback coaching job is a big one. So, you know, I don't know enough about Kerry Joseph. Obviously, you know, have met him. I want to, we'll certainly give him a chance as everyone else should, but, um, you know, eh, I, I, it's, it's a little underwhelming right now. Well, and Matt Nagy with a very funny comment, the assistant to the quarterback's coach, which for anybody who's ever seen fast times at Richmond high, you might, you might, that might resonate with you. You got a huge job. You're the assistant manager to the assistant at the movie theater. You can get all the hot chicks in here. My guy, uh, Damone, but look, the, the, the quarterback's coach, when he was the assistant, at least at one point, was Dave Canellis, who's now the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. So at least there was somebody significant in front of him. I don't know if that does anything for anyone. He's got a really interesting resume, at least his playing career. I mean, this guy was a, a stud at McNeese State, also former home of uh, Joe Dumars, the great Joe Dumars. All-time career leader in touchdown passes, second passing yards, total offense, uh, and then he gets in the NFL and he's playing with the Seahawks and they move him to safety. And then his career ends in the NFL and he ends up going to this. He's all over the place, but he, he became a star in the CFL 2003 with Ottawa. Then he goes to Saskatchewan. He helped the, he helped the rough riders man win their third gray cup in franchise history. Back in 2007, he was named the league's most outstanding player. So Toronto, Edmonton, Saskatchewan, he had a long playing career. I don't know if that does anything for anyone, but I at least find it interesting. Well, uh, I mean, he was a, he was yeah. a dual threat quarterback in the CS, CFL and whether it's Justin or, or Caleb, which is where we're always focused in on. I mean, both guys are dual threat quarterbacks. So you like that Brad Spielberger, who was on with us on Monday, does such a great job. You know, he put out, you know, can't argue with the Waldron Canellas, Joseph QB coaching tree uh, looks like another strong hire. So, you know, Brad is encouraged by this. Uh, he is also, um, you know, going to be the uh, QB coach here for the senior bowl here coming up. Uh, he's so he's going to be coaching Bradley Carter, Joe Milton, uh, uh, Carter Bradley, Joe Milton, Michael Pratt, and Spencer Rattler. So, you know, being able to get a bird's eye view on some of these guys at the senior bowl on our coaching staff, similar to last year when Luke Getze, you know, was there at the senior bowl. So I think that that pays some dividends. Oh, did you have somebody in mind that you wanted? Uh, Cliff Kingsbury. No, um, <laughs> I, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but you know, maybe, maybe there sits your, you know, you're, you're connected in the coaching world. Maybe there was somebody, but are you just in general underwhelmed? No, I, I'm, 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 I'm not, uh, no, I just, I, I look, I'm going to be completely honest with everybody. Cause I'm always honest. I literally just spent three days in bed. And when I say that, I mean that I've never done that in my entire life. So I have not been thinking about this quarterback's coaching job at all. Um, I've been as disconnected as I ever have been over the last 72 hours. So uh, this is just me raw reacting to the news this morning, finally starting to feel a little bit better. Well, I think most people wanted Greg Olson, right? The, the savvy veteran. I mean, that we had on, you know, some guys here from Seattle that said that that might be the hire. So I think Greg Olson was a more recognizable name to be the QB coach. Well, well let, let me give you another reason to, to love, fall in love with Kerry Joseph. Number one, and not to out myself here, but he is also the big 50 years old. That's right, which is the best year to be because that's the year that I am. He was born October 4th, 1973, which is 54 days after yours truly. So if you do 54 in Bears land, that's Brian Urlacher. That's a Hall of Famer. 
and Kerry Joseph, if you, I mean, I think it's very easy to draw the lines. He's not going to be a Hall of Fame bear, but he's going to coach up a Hall of Fame bear at quarterback, the greatest QB of all time. That's the connection. 50, Carm, 54 days, Hall of Famer, Joseph, Waldron, Eberflus, Bears. Anybody? No. <laughs> no, I, I, here's what – I mean, it is – this is a unique coaching um, situation. I mean, I, I don't know of how many coaches just pop up in the NFL. So, he's he just turned 50. October 4th. So, he was 46 when he got that job as an offensive assistant with the Seahawks. Um, you know, sometimes you might have a college coach that's worked in college and then he finally gets his opportunity. But, like, to play as long as he did, so I think he was 41, mostly in Canada, um, and then, you know, just sort of work his way around with some – you know, his alma mater, right? McNeese and, and, yep. you know, not, not major programs and then pop up with the Seahawks here. This is like a sort of a fast rise with a guy who's, I don't want to call him old because we don't want to call Carm that, but uh, yeah, this is a, this is a unique case here. I mean, listen, player, he was drafted by the Bengals. He was a third string quarterback, London Monarchs, the re-infire, the Seahawks as a safety Goes to the CFL Ottawa, Saskatchewan, Toronto, the Eskimos, and then the Rough Riders. That's from 2003 to 2014, so 96 to 2014. Then he wants to be a coach. Training camp intern with the Saints. Apparently the Saints pay more than the Bears were willing to pay a guy by the name, I think his name was Olin Krutz. Then he goes back to McNeese State. Then he was a Bucks training camp intern. Back to McNeese State again to be the interim head coach, the co-offensive coordinator. Southeastern Louisiana, not exactly an upward move there, running back coach. And then the Seahawks bring him in as an offensive assistant and then the assistant wide receivers coach and then the assistant quarterbacks coach. So everything you're saying, Adam Hogue, as far as, uh, you know, he's never been in the big seat of the quarterbacks coach, like dominating it. So it is, it's an odd, it's an odd journey. here. Well, thank you for reading off his Wikipedia page. Uh, quickly, before you go, hey, Adam, uh, <laughs> someone's got to do it, buddy. I know you, you can't before read you... for five seconds, so you should be, you should. I, bar- I can barely hit buttons on this show, but we got to let Adam go. You know, he's, no, we uh, you know, yes, yes he's do. got kids to no, watch. We here. literally do. We, I want to take people inside the show. Cause I think people enjoy it, but we literally had a discussion before the show started about how, I'm home alone with two kids. I need to be off by 1210. Carm promised to get to questions really quickly. And instead it's 1215. And he just read off the entire Wikipedia page of Carrie. Nobody wants to do that work. Do that when I'm off the show. Greg, ask your next question. (laughs) Yes. Quickly. So you can get back to your kids before they burn down the house. Joe Barry interviewing for the bears uh, defensive coordinator job per Diana Rossini was the Buccaneers linebackers coach from 2001 to 2006, but all six under Monty Kiffin and the Tampa two scheme. He's also worked with Shane Waldron and Sean McVay from 2016 to th- 2020, obviously, you know, uh, with the green Bay Packers recently fired uh, from green Bay. A lot of bears fans aren't loving this, but what are your quick thoughts on Joe Barry being interviewed? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I understand why the negative reaction right away is, you know, this guy's been struggling in Green Bay. They couldn't wait to get him out of there. Why should the Bears hire him? I I, I think what everyone needs to keep in mind any time one of these D.C. Um, candidates gets mentioned is what's happening with the play calling. And if he's not calling the plays, it's a demotion. Um, and so, look, Joe Barry has been around this league for a long time. And, you know, he's got the experience and my preference. And I think most bears fans at this point, their preference would be to keep Matt Eberflus as the play caller on defense. Cause he did a really good job with it. So the problem with like, I think Chris Harris is a great name that makes a lot of sense, both in terms of scheme fit experience, not only in the league, but with the bears, but where Chris Harris is, in, at his point in his career, he's going to want a job where he can call plays. So if you're going to get Chris Harris, Matt Eberflus, I think, would have to give up play calling to be able to lure him in here. With Joe Barry just losing the D.C. job in Green Bay, I think he's interviewing with the line, uh, was it the Eagles for their linebackers? Like, he's he's looking at more of like a position coach situation right now. So, he would be more willing, I think, to take the DC job where you're not actually calling plays. That's sort of the tough spot the Bears are in with this DC position because they're hiring a coordinator that most likely is not going to be calling plays. Or if they do hire one who they feel like they want them that bad, they have to give them that responsibility. Well, then Flus isn't calling the plays anymore. And I'm not sure that's the route people want to go down. So uh, we'll do more on Barry with. Uh, Matt with Greg Matzik coming up here, but quickly, Ho, you got some Brandon Staley fears here. You think he's going to perhaps end up in the division with our rival? Well, I don't know about that, but there was a report uh, this morning that, that uh, he's going to interview for the Packers DC job. And I think that's a great fit um, and a great target for the Packers uh, with, you know, the personnel they have, what they've already been running and, you know, I already saw on social media a little bit people laughing about that. You know, people got to remember Brandon Staley was and still is, in my opinion, a good defensive coordinator. Um, his numbers or the Chargers numbers, I should say, with while he was there as the head coach were not terribly impressive on defense. But when he was the D.C. with the Rams, and obviously a great talent there, but also with the Broncos before that um, in his stops, you know, before he got that DC job and then going back to when he was a position coach with the bears. Um, and I got to know him a little bit here. He was very impressive as assist, assistant here. Uh, always remember Khalil Mack talking up what Brandon Staley did with him when he first got here uh, to get him ready for that first game. And, I just think Brandon Staley's still a good defensive coordinator. So, you know, he obviously didn't work as a head coach and his defense didn't work as well when he was head coach. But if I'm a Bears fan, I don't want to see him end up with the Packers right now. I think that would be a big upgrade um, over Joe Barry, which is maybe another reason why you shouldn't be excited about Joe Barry if he ends up as the Bears DC. But I do think there's a huge difference because we all know it's still Flus's defense, and you know he'd still be calling the 
plays, I, I think, in that situation. So it, it is different. This is a spot in Green Bay where, you know, they're seemingly on the rise with Jordan Love. They got to get their defense figured out, and it's a very scary proposition if they do, and they do have plenty of talent on that side of the ball, in my opinion. So I wouldn't want to see Brandon Staley end up there. I Im- would imagine the Rams would have some interest in maybe bringing him back now that Raheem Morris took the job in Atlanta. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens with Brandon Staley, but he's still young. He's still got a lot to learn and he's got a good track record already. So I I would not want to see him end up in green Bay. Excellent thoughts. Get to your kiddos. We appreciate you coming on. You know, you've been (laughs) off all week and the one time we have you come on all hell breaks loose and we have failed you miserably. It's all right, guys. I missed you this week. Thanks for picking me up. Um, hopefully by Monday, I sound a lot better too. And, uh, got a big week. We got Nick at the East West shrine game right now. Uh, practices start tomorrow. I know he's going to jump on here sometime in this hour. And then, um, you know, he's going to be at the senior bowl too. So with all the draft coverage, we're officially in the draft season with the start of these all-star games. And, um, so looking forward to it and I'll be, I'll be back full go on Monday. We love it, dude. Good job staying out while you were sick and not getting us sick. We greatly thank you. Others in this world don't do that. You stay at home. That's an MVP performance. I should have given you the taking care of business. Uh, and I'll let you go because I know you got to go. So XO, I don't XO. actually have to go. It's just a fear of like thinking I have to go because Greg knows it's like there's the the quieter the quieter yeah. it gets the scarier well okay. you almost you almost right you almost want to hear chaos because then it's you know very they're quiet okay. it's very quiet right now and the internal dad in me is like freaking out do you yes. do you want to go or do you want to hear my one joe barry thought it's up to you <laughs> i want to go i'll okay. watch the show i can watch <laughs> i have it on the tv over here i'll watch it okay bye, right. bye guys there have a goes. good day yeah. there is adam Hogue. Uh, off to be a dead. The, the dude battled through. Um, and Gregory. Yes, sir. W- we have a guest coming up here mm-hmm. that we have to figure out how to acquire. Yes, so, sir. So that, that all has to happen. But the most important thing that needs to happen right now is to shout out our new, di- our new diehards. My favorite new diehard today. I can't even do it because I love them all. Rich and Pat and jake and nathan rich i'm calling you the richest man on the planet because you were willing to spend your money to come right here we love you rich pat p dizzle my man just getting it done every single day this man's got his eyes forward just like the flus wants it jake same name as our general manager jake we're gonna call this guy gm plus gm jake plus and nathan the Nathan hot dog, the most delicious thing you could ever eat. Not as good as a Chicago dog, but still delicious nonetheless. Nathan, you're my guy. Uh, we try to give you all the value for die, for becoming a diehard. We appreciate it greatly when you do. It's a tremendous way to support us. For more on being a diehard, here's Greg Braggs. Yeah, uh, like he was saying, you know, we appreciate everybody here joining here in the last 24 hours. Seems like every day we've got three or four more people signing up and it's just a lot to offer. As we've said, free shirt right out the gate uh, discount on any future purchases on merchandise from, we got some cool, uh, some pint glasses. We got shirts obviously for all different Chicago sports teams, not just the bears. 
and you get exclusive content. Adam Hogue's putting out a weekly newsletter that's exclusive only to diehards. And during the off season, you know, he just had an article he released about Caleb Williams last week that a lot of people wanted to get his insights on. That's exclusive only, only to you. We have our Bears 100 draft guide that will be coming out, you know, as we start to break down, you know, the potential players the Bears can acquire here in the NFL draft. And the top 20 of those top 100 should be out here very shortly. So if you sign up, you're going to have exclusive content and access to that as well. And the big thing we've been pushing here lately is diehard overtimes. After our shows, we jump into uh, Discord uh, spaces, as I call it, just like Twitter spaces in Discord. We have voice channels where you can hang out with us. We try to do about 15 minutes after as many shows as we can, where we answer a couple of your questions on whatever, <clears throat> whatever's on your mind. So, and uh, we do watch alongs the NFC and AFC championships here coming up on Sunday. We've been doing NFL playoff watch alongs with all our diehards where <clears throat> everybody here from the CHO bears team has jumped in at different times and hung out with you guys while uh, you guys watch the game. So that will continue here on Sunday. So just a lot of different things to offer from exclusive content, from merchandise, for access to us, uh, you know, for who's on the bears team and, and all the Chicago sports teams. So sign up, go to allchgocom slash diehard. And uh, then you can sign up today to have uh, con- access to all of that. And once again, we appreciate everybody for supporting us and uh, trying to give you triple the value back coming on in here. Also triple the value DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs is bringing you an offer that'll help make the playoffs electrifying New customers can bet five bucks on any game and you get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Take the Lions, lean into it or whatever, dunk on them and give the seven and ride with the 49ers, whatever way you're doing it. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code CHGO. New customers can bet just five bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code CHGO. The crown is yours. My favorite play this weekend actually is Kansas City. Uh, look, I'm, I'm not betting against Patrick Holmes. I don't think you should either. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Now, Gregory, are you there? I am. I'm here. I'm present. Okay. Well, it is getting easier for businesses to switch to electric vehicles. That's something we can all get behind for the health of the planet and for the well-being of all of us who share it, Greg. That's right. Uh, The electric grid is evolving to meet your cleaner energy needs as we all move with confidence towards an electric tomorrow. Whether you have one delivery van or a whole fleet of shipping trucks, ComEd can help guide you to make the changes that make sense. What should business owners do, Greg? Go to comed.com slash clean to learn more about the resources, fleet rebates, and infrastructure incentives available to help businesses go electric. If you own a business, don't wait. Start making your plan today to switch to electric vehicles. 
Good for business, good for the planet, good for all of us. Go to comed.com slash clean. Did you say comed.com slash clean? Indeed I did, good sir. Go now and see how going electric connects us to a better way of doing business and a better future for generations to come. Super proud to partner with Comet on their initiative here. Super important. And we thank them for being a great partner here at CHGO. All right. Uh, Greg Matzik's coming up in a second here. ESPN Milwaukee. And let me just look the Joe Barry thing. People are freaking out. I've seen just I mean, literally 96% of Bears fans on Twitter are screaming no to Joe Barry. And that's fine. But look. This is Matt Eberflus's defense. He's looking for somebody that he's comfortable working with. I'm not super stressed on the position. And so Barry's father-in-law, people probably have picked up on this or have, have done their research, but if you haven't, Barry's father-in-law is Rod Marinelli, two coached together with the Lions in 07 and 08. So Marinelli and Matt Eberflus, long relationship, goes all the way back to the days with the Cowboys when Flus was the linebacker's coach. So he's dialing up his network. He, you know, this he's looking for somebody that he's comfortable with that will not impede what he's trying to do with the defense, but will enhance it. So I'm all for Chris Harris coming in here. I love that story a ton. It's phenomenal. But if he wants to, if Chris Harris is what Hogue said is right, that he wants to call plays and he would not look at this as a major opportunity without that, well. I'm not telling you to be excited about Joe Barry, but I am telling you that on some level, I'm going to trust what Flus wants to do with his defense going forward. Now, maybe that's a blind trust that I shouldn't have, but that's how that's kind of how I'm looking at it. Well, I would Tony uh, Salamonsky, Tony Salamonsky in the chat saying, so, so the Packers trash is the Bears treasure. I mean, I think there is some PTSD with uh, Luke Getze coming over from Green Bay and uh, being right. a sl- sleeper agent and uh, sabotaging our quarterback development and sabotaging our opportunity, uh, you know, to be a playoff team. So when I think people hear, you know, a Packers coach is going to come over here, I think normally in theory, people would be excited about that. But since the Luke Getzey failures were like, keep green Bay out of Chicago, but to your point, I mean, green Bay's been a successful organization. Like why why would you not want to pick from that tree? And, He's a defensive, just like Shane Waldron is making a lateral move from offensive coordinator of Seattle to offensive coordinator here in Chicago, which isn't easy to find those kind of candidates that are willing to take a lateral move. This would again be another lateral move with Joe Barry as a defensive coordinator who has experience, uh, you know, and, and maybe he's not calling plays. Maybe he is, but, you know, adding to that room with guys that have a resume isn't the worst thing in the world, but he might not be calling plays. It's as simple as that. Well, it's not necessarily lateral though, if he's fired and he doesn't have a job. Um, so it's, you know, right. Lateral lateral in that he's a defensive coordinator coming over to another defensive coordinator side, but to your point, yeah, he was fired. It's not like Shane Waldron was fired. They had a whole coaching regimes uh you know changed out in seattle so right well and and also you know shane the theory being that somebody might have made him a head coach and he was willing to punt on that you know being at least a candidate to be the bears offensive coordinator although listen if he felt like he was going to get that job then he wouldn't have signed up with the bears but he saw this was his best pathway logically i think 
you can say that he thought saw this as his best pathway to become a head coach someday. Then well, let's, agree. Let's, let's get some insight from a guy with a fantastic first name and, and someone <laughs> that, you know, Hey, two, two Greg's don't make a right. I appreciate you. WTMJ radio. The man who knows more about the Packers than anybody I know, including my close friend, Doug Russell, uh, Greg Matzik is with us here on the CHGO bears podcast. Greg, good to see you. Thanks for making time, man. You, you made a hell of an effort to get on here today. So we, 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 we thank you first and foremost. And we can't hear Greg. Yeah, we, we can't hear you. <clears throat> so you'll Uh-oh. have to get your audio. You're fine. Uh, take your time, Greg, working on the audio. Hey, he's got a cool background. That's the first yeah, thing that stood up. It, it's all the, it's all the thought things, but now I'm worried that he's going to have to log back out and log back in. Is that normally the thing that happens here? Or maybe not. Re- as or go gonna... or or go into your settings and um and it'll give you an audio option. You're fine. Now uh, you're muted. Now that's a good sign though. We see a mutation. All right, he's going to fix it. No problem. So we'll we'll talk to Greg in a second here as uh, you know we're doing this on the fly, which is a beautiful thing because you know we're just that creative. What was your last thought there about Joe Barry that you were trying to get to or did were you just like here my here, this is what I wanted to say. I get the Packers angst. Luke Getze, Lucas Patrick, Robert Tunyon. You want Sleep, to throw, sleeper agents. You want to throw EQ in there? That's fine. Hopefully we can talk to Greg right now. I think we can, maybe. Fingers crossed. Yes. Got it. Victory. Got it. You know, so, I don't have my nine-year-old daughter with me to help me out with technical issues today. <laughs> my little intern. My mistake. <laughs> Well, Greg, thanks for being here. What would talk to Bears fans right now who are freaking out? No, we don't want Joe Barry. Packers fans hate him. We're going to hate him more. What would you say? I I think this is all wonderful. I think it's great. (laughs) It's fantastic. What a great landing spot for Joe Barry. I mean, you, you can't think about Monsters of the Midway, 85 Bears, the rich, deep tradition of linebacker play and just punishing people. And then apply Joe Barry, who was the defensive coordinator of the 0-16 Lions, to this scenario. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> so, but you understand what's going on here, Greg. Let's let's go down this road. The Bears are talking to Barry because they're getting all the information. And then next year, when we line up against Jordan Love, the domination that you guys have had is just going to flip. And that's the brilliant move that Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles and company. That's what they're doing. That's what's up right now. <laughs> okay. So here's what I'll say about Joe Barry. Every time he has succeeded as a linebackers coach, like it's worked, like that's been a good spot for him. And then he's been moved into a defensive coordinator role. Seemingly he's earned that opportunity and it's been a complete mess. You start with the lions and that was nepotism at its finest because the head coach was a relative, but whatever. He goes 0-16, he gets bounced. He ends up back on his feet as a linebacker's coach in Tampa. They won a Super Bowl. A great defense, right? So he earns the opportunity to go to Washington as a defensive coordinator. That falls apart. It's a complete mess. More linebacker coach duties, and it works. So he gets the nod in Green Bay, and over the course of three years, if I had to be an honest grader for Joe Barry, I think I'd be in the C, C- range because he had pretty good talent. Packers committed a lot of resources, but it never got better. I think that's part of the frustration in Green Bay is that when you had to try and stop Tommy DeVito, Tommy Cutlets up there in New York, you couldn't do it. And 
when you had to try and stop Patrick Mahomes, you could. So there were flashes, but then moments where you're just scratching your head saying, what, what in the world is happening? And in-game adjustments seem to be kind of an issue for him. He's kind of stubborn, held on to what he held on to, and just couldn't adapt mid-game. So I guess in that regard, because Matt Eberflusis came out and said he'd like to call plays again next year, he wasn't initially until Allen Williams was relieved of his duties as defensive coordinator here in Chicago. And then they turned a corner with him calling plays. Even before they got Montez Sweat, they started to turn a corner that did coincide with the secondary getting healthy. And then Montez Sweat comes in and all of a sudden they caught lightning in a bottle when it came to uh, generating turnovers. So if they were to bring Joe Barry over here as a defensive coordinator that doesn't call plays, you know, to your point as being more of a guy that should be a positional coach, maybe is that a more safer spot for him to, you know, get, get the most out of what we could for Joe Barry. And if, if we were to hire him. Yeah, I, I think calling plays is where he struggled in my opinion. So, so there's a lot of back and forth over the last few years. If you want to go back to Joe Barry's first year, players were not bought in. Right. And the constant question in the locker room to Jair Alexander was, why are you playing eight yards off all the time? It's third and three. What is happening here? I don't know. Ask Joe. I just do what I'm told. Right. There was clear division. There was clear frustration. And if you want to look at the way this Packers season played out again, there were some moments. Right. You, You saw what happened week one. But again, that's the Packers playing from the lead. It's a lot easier for a defense to play with the lead than it is to prop the team up for a win, which truly great defenses can do. That never really happened in Green Bay. But this defense really took another step after Matt LaFleur integrated himself into defensive meetings and kind of had his own little thought process going on what this defense needed to be. Prior to that, it was, you run it, Joe. I got the offense. You got the defense. Make this thing hum. And it wasn't humming. So you, you saw a point in the season where the defense actually did start to control some teams and and look a little different and be more attacking in style they all seem to have the right call against the 49ers didn't always work out perfectly but they were in position to make plays I I feel like that was a little more of Matt LaFleur's influence than it was Joe Barry's scheme if that makes sense so it's interesting what you're saying well all this is interesting Greg appreciate the the knowledge but one part that I'm honing in on I hear that he's the players love him but you're talking about like at least players questioning at least strategy wise. Maybe they like him as a guy, but they don't think he's a shrewd mind. How how would you is that accurate in your mind that the players are Joe Barry fans? But you know, and maybe maybe I'm dialing that up right that they just don't think he's great at his job. Yeah, I don't think there's anybody in Green Bay media, coaching staff, players who say that he's just not a good guy. Like he's just not the right guy. But the results are what matters overall, and the ability to connect with the unit I think is also really important um and there was frustration among players there really was and and that developed throughout the season really the last few seasons to the point where Joe just it it, it wasn't getting any better and he had to go so here's one guy and one guy that I think is going to take flight in the Packers defense is Quay Walker you look at Quay Walker and you put him next to Micah Parsons you say man they look like gifted athletic freaks but Quay Walker is spending a lot of time in coverage versus attacking the quarterback, which I think he could be a force at doing. So I think there are some in the locker room who question if they were in the right position to succeed. It's a lot of first-round talent on the Packers' defense, and you'd scratch your head saying, well, they're not playing like first-round talents. 
But we've also seen players leave Green Bay and shine because they were utilized differently, maybe to the best of their abilities. So that's something I'm curious about, just seeing how many players from the last few years really take a jump forward in a different defensive scheme. So I kind of wanted to segue to your thoughts on <clears throat> Luke Getze and his failures here in Chicago. They recently, you know, just let him go as the offensive coordinator, him and Justin Fields never could really get on the same page, you know, as far as what they wanted to, to do, you know, from a distance, like, how did you see that going? Because for bears fans, we were excited about him initially, you know, coming from the, you know, the West coast tree that everybody's trying to find from, but, Ultimately, now looking back, a guy that didn't have, you know, any resume of calling plays or, you know, and only being around Aaron Rodgers as far as developing a quarterback in Green Bay, and it hasn't worked out here. How did you view that, you know, from your perspective in Green Bay? I guess the Aaron Rodgers effect. Like, man, you look great when when a Hall of Famer is your quarterback and, and you've got guys who can win one-on-one matchups and a quarterback who can throw it in a mailbox 30 yards down the field. I think it's it's a similar situation to that of Nathaniel Hackett. Aaron Rodgers loves Nathaniel Hackett. He praises Nathaniel Hackett. He loved Luke Getze, praised Luke Getze. Right? People start paying attention to that. Like you get along with a guy who's historically not that easy to get along with, and you have that great working relationship, and he speaks your praise, you pay attention. But then he put him into a situation where it's not the same offensive system and rhythm as the Packers had. Uh, for Hackett or for Getze, and you start to question, well, what happened? What went wrong? Um, and if I watched the Bears offense throughout the season, I, I saw a handful of Bears games, it always felt to me like they were just sort of holding back. It's like a, a lot of perimeter stuff, not a lot of downfield stuff. It's like, what are they What are they afraid to unlock here with an offense that has some gifted offensive players? It, it seemed like it was muted and restrained. And I thought, I don't know if I can swear on this. Can I swear on this? You absolutely can that was a chicken shit game plan against the Packers in the final week of the season. What do you got to lose? Like that, like if I'm a bears fan, I'm frustrated by that 17 to nine. Like we had a chance to disrupt their everything. And it was a chicken shit game plan. And here we are with the new offensive coordinator. Uh, let's it's Greg. Appreciate the time. Let me ask you just one more here. We'll get you out of here. How good do you think Jordan love is? After week one, I said it's time to pay the man. Week and, one. And after week one. Yeah. Um, and and that is not because – actually, it might have been week two, but they lost to the Falcons in week two. Let me take it back. It was week two. There, there was nothing that I saw from Jordan Love from a deficiency standpoint that I thought he couldn't get better at, right? And just watching his demeanor on the road in a blowout win over the Bears – and a really frustrating loss to the Falcons in which he botched a fourth and one quarterback sneak. They're trying to pick up one yard to keep their drive going, maybe get go down and win the game. Nothing was different about him. Like, And you saw that throughout the year, whether it was a good performance or a dismal one, like we saw often in October. Like, he was right here, man, just the same dude. And you could see players sort of rally around him. You could see his connection with players. You could see him put it on the line in Atlanta, rumble down the field, barrel himself into a safety instead of going out of bounds. Like you, you saw some real qualities there. And then his playmaking ability, once Matt LaFleur said, all right, it, we can't just be a young offense that checks it down. We got to make this thing run. You saw how he performed. I, I think 
he's got a really, really bright future. Like, I, I think he is legit. But I saw qualities early. And then October happened, and I thought I'd have to eat my words. Yeah. Um, but everything sort of developed after that Minnesota loss, the, the first one of the season. Were you ever thinking, would you just play the guy, they're waiting too long on Aaron? Or were you like, I always looked at it from, you keep Aaron Rodgers as long as you possibly can. I punt on love. but And, then, of course, it ended terribly. Like, where were you at when that was all going on? Yeah, so my thought was, you know, after if, if if you find your quarterback, go get your guy. Like, you, you just have to. Look at the Steelers, right? They waited so long to try and find the replacement for Ben, and then they were sort of backed into a corner with Kenny Pickett, and they thought, well, this isn't working out that great. Let's get Mitch Trubisky. It's like, oh, my God, like, what are we doing here? <laughs> right? Like, they had to do something, and when you have to do something, you don't always end up with your guy. So Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur identified their guy. Okay, no problem. And I know that pissed off Aaron, but she also got two MVP seasons out of Aaron after that. So maybe you got the abs- you squeeze the absolute most you could out of Aaron. And then that third year was just kind of awful uh, for a variety of reasons. And yeah. Yeah. I've seen Andrew Brandt put out the Packers formula and the it's like seven different things that they do to stay as a successful franchise. And the one that stood out was I think the final one and that's draft a quarterback before you need one. Yeah. And that's something here in Chicago that we've uh, always failed to do. Ryan Pace came in here and said, I'm going to draft a quarterback every year and then didn't do that. So, um, you know, go ahead. Let me ask you guys this, Like, I think there's a belief around the NFL that, where you get drafted matters. And, and there's this, this belief that if you're a quarterback and you're drafted by the Jets or the Browns or the Bears, it's over. Like, it's just not it's not going to work. So if there's excitement about Caleb Williams or Drake May or Bo Nix or whatever, where you're drafted matters. Is there a belief among Bears fans that there's just a thing Yes. That quarterbacks can go on and, and shine in other places, but for whatever yeah. reason, it just doesn't work in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. You'll hear bears fans say, had we drafted Patrick Mahomes that he wouldn't be Patrick Mahomes. And so there is go ahead, Carm. No, I'm just saying, which is ridiculous. That, that was the same thing in Kansas city. It'll, it'll never work here. Like they, they were searching for a quarterback forever. And then they got Mahomes, and they've been to, they've won two Super Bowls. They've been to six straight AFC championship games. I don't know. I mean, do you see that differently, Greg? Like, do you, I, am, am I missing something here that just, if you, if you, it's not the, it's not Chicago. It's not the coaching. It's you, you just haven't identified the guy. That's the problem. I, I think wherever Justin Fields ends up and how he performs will, will lend some thought to that. Right. I mean, Mitch was kind of a mess from the start. And I just, that was kind of a, just didn't work. Right. That's just didn't work, but there's been a lot of journeyman quarterbacks too, over time. Uh, in Chicago, um, just think back to some of the names, right? You guys know as much as I do. Uh, and you got some good years, right? You got some good years out of um, some players who were kind of, you know, past their prime, but found a couple good years in Chicago. Uh, felt like hang on to Jay a little too long, but but whatever. But I, I think, I really do think Justin Fields is a pretty good quarterback. And, and I think it's, at times I felt like he was a little muted in Chicago with, with really just kind of letting him, be himself yeah that's interesting and and to that point of <clears throat> draft a quarterback before you need one when they had jay cutler and they kept him on a little too long they had opportunities to draft russell wilson and dak prescott in later rounds and let him develop behind jay cutler <clears throat> and chose to draft players that are no longer in the league so 
staying ahead of it, I think is important. So you kind of answered your question there as far as my last question, as far as, you know, what you thought of Justin Fields, because there's a big divide in bears nation fans are ripping each other to threads over what they think this decision should be. And as somebody that covers the Packers and, and probably wants the set Packers to succeed because you get to see, you know, cover better games. I'll ask you this, like what fears you more as a Packers fan, Justin Fields being here next year or Caleb Williams being here next year with the Chicago bears. Yeah. I, I guess it's the, you know, it's the package of the player and the system and what they allow that player to do. I guess I'm not all that concerned about a, a rookie quarterback in, in, in year one. Right. I mean, if you get a CJ Stroud kind of thing going, that's incredible. That's fantastic. Um, he's got more weapons, I think, than people truly understand. They're just maybe not household names. Uh, it's, it's the struggle bus for Bryce Young in Carolina. So they're, you want to talk about polar opposites, right? And just it, over the course of Bears history, what do you think it's going to be? More the C.J. Stroud or more the Bryce Young? I think a lot of Packers fans would look at it and say it's maybe a little more of a Bryce Young situation than a C.J. Stroud situation. In year Greg, one. In year one. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. Greg, great stuff, man. Good to see you. I, uh, I will for I, I'm still searching for the tape when I got to host one time with you at WTMJ. We did. We had a good time together. It was nice. Yeah. yeah. They, 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 <laughs> they gave me the trial. They're like, all right, get out of here. Go back to Chicago, buddy. <laughs> you, you, you can't cut it up here at TMJ. But it was it was a it was a fun it was a fun day. So anyway, great to see you, man. Thanks for being yeah, on. Appreciate you guys very much. Thank you for having me. Nice Greg, meeting you. Great first name. You <laughs> Greg Matzek, Greg Braggs, WTMJ, as we get the, the Joe Barry lowdown for you. Look at that chicken shit. Call the Bears offense chicken shit against the I, Packers. Yeah, I earmarked it. That will be clipped. That's a great line. That was a great line by Greg. Can I swear on her? Yes, you absolutely can. Go go right ahead. Swear away. This is the CHGO Bears podcast. And and there there it was. You know, you don't get to swear on the radio. You can do it on the podcast. All right, Gregory. We have some important messages that we need to tell you before we get on out of here. That's right. We do. Why and don't you go gonna, ahead? No, you're going to do it. I, I, I have other, I have other duties here. So you're going to go first. You, you have, okay. You're no, going to go first. No and then problem. I'm going to go second. As okay. it says in notion. I, I got it. Are you in the market for a new vehicle? If you are, then we do have some great news for you. Thank you for listening to CHGO. And thank you to our partner, Ray Chrysler, Dodge Jeep and Ram in Fox Lake. They're starting the Ray Resolution. The Resolution. It's, it's the new sales event. Do you know what that means? Let me tell you. You're going to be able to shop incredible savings at every new vehicle in stock because they want to clear the lot to make room for the brand new 2024 vehicles for a limited time. Get up to $9,000. Yeah, you heard that right. $9,000 off Jeep models with dealer discount. And that's not all. Shop their last call on the remaining 2023 Dodge Challengers and Charger models, including Hellcats, Scat Packs, and more. Dodge, the most powerful muscle car brand. So you don't want to miss out on their last call with over 20 Dodge muscle cars to choose from. At Array CDJR, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories, drive home, with more money in your pocket than you would expect. That's to the Ray Price Promise. Thank you, Ray's Price Promise, by the way. Fans get a free oil change when you mention CHGO at the service center or mention CHGO when you book online at raycdjr.com slash service, raycdjr.com slash service. You do have to schedule before January 31st. So 
when this podcast is over in six minutes, schedule it, enjoy it. If you're in the market for a new vehicle, check out the race Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram because they're the only team we recommend. Visit them at Route 12 at Fox Lake. For more information, visit RayCDGR at Fox Lake or RayCDGR.com. Serving the community since 1963. That's right. And I want to give a shout out to our guy, Charlie the Bacon Guy. Uh, he's been great partner with us, hooking us up with some good food and, uh, you know, some good eats, you know, some good halftime meals and, and stuff for the, fr- to fill the fridge at the CHGO sports studios. Uh, Charlie, the bacon guy is based out of Woodridge, Illinois and makes craft bacon and bacon jams in over 35 different pl- flavors. The bacon and bacon jams are naturally cured preservative free products. There aren't any ingredients that Charlie can't pronounce himself involved in the process. Unlike most store bought bacon, it's vacuum sealed and freezes perfectly. Bacon lasts in the package up to 60 in the fridge. One week after the seal is broken and nine months in the freezer, bacon jam lasts about 90 days in the fridge and up to one year in the freezer. So you can stock up uh, for the 2024 year. Some of the favorites uh, that I personally love maple pepper, rosemary, chorizo, French toast, Korean barbecue. That one's, uh, that one's really good. Uh, ranch old Bay. I mean, they have all these different options, uh, bacon jam flavors, original bourbon, spicy. So they've got a nice little selection there, but the bacon jam goes perfectly on anything. Put it on scrambled eggs, toast, uh, crackers, burgers, grilled cheese, uh, charcuterie boards for your Super Bowl party. Uh, they, they've got it all, or even Charlie's favorite. <laughs> you can put it on the spoon. Starting now, you can save 10% on your order at charliethebaconguy.com. When you use the code CHGO at checkout, you can pick it up, or he will even deliver to you, meet halfway, or even ship it. He makes the bacon so you can bring it home. So contact. Charlie the Bacon Guy, once again, at www.charliethebaconguy.com. Instagram, at Charlie the Bacon Guy. On Twitter, he's at CZ the Bacon Guy. And email charliethebaconguy at gmail.com for your bacon needs. Carm. Thank you, Gregory. All right, so just to do a little bookkeeping at the end of the show here, I will be watching football, obviously, on Sunday uh, but Gregory, you're not going to be in our Discord Bears chat. But uh, I'll, so I'm, I'll, po- I'll pop in. Uh, you know, I've got a bunch of people coming over, but doesn't stop me from jumping on and and saying what's up to the diehards. You know, in our Discord spaces. So yeah. Um, but you're going to be there, Carm. I will be there, man. Two o'clock, the Chiefs and the Ravens. Five thirty, the Lions and the Niners. Everybody knows the matchups. Obviously, San Francisco's up to a seven and a half point favorite now. People are putting money on the Niners. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I will find out actually where the money is at. Uh, and I'll put it on Twitter where, or maybe just in our discord channel. Uh, I want to see, cause you want to fade the public. If, if, at least I like to do that. Uh, percentage wise, you're going to come out ahead. So I'm going to figure out where the money's at here. Ravens are up to a four point favorite too. So I don't know, man. Uh, I know Baltimore has got a great defense, but that Patrick Mahomes guy, I, I, if you're telling me who Lamar or Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, even with the Ravens defense, let's not sleep on Kansas City's defense either. I, I like the Chiefs a lot. And um, I guess I'm more rooting for the, Dino, the Lions than actually 
fully believing I, they're going to do I it. But the 49ers, 49ers have not had a good playoff run here at all. So I think there's reason. Yeah, I, I'm taking the Ravens over the Chiefs. Betting against Patrick Mahomes is never the smartest proposition. The Ravens get Mark Andrews back here this week. Um, they're humming right now. Their defense is humming. Lamar Jackson's really playing well. So I, I think the Chiefs, to make it as far as they have already with I mean, they struggled throughout the year with their receivers to get on the same page. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes is just, uh, you know, a guy that's just um, obsessed with being the best. So he's, he's willing his team every week further and further down the road. But I think this is the end of the line for them. They don't, they've won the Super Bowl twice. They've been in the AFC championship game the last six years. So, you know, they're always getting to this spot, but they don't win the Super Bowl every year. And sometimes they're going to run into a buzzsaw. And that very well could be with the Ravens here this year. On the other side, um, I think the Niners are playing smoke and mirrors with Debo Samuel. I've seen some video out there of him running routes at practice, but I, I, I have a hard time believing he couldn't finish the game with a shoulder injury. He hurt his shoulder earlier in the year and had to miss a couple weeks. And I think his shoulder, he's not going to be, yeah, he can run routes, but can he take hits on that shoulder? I have my doubts. And if Debo can't be at a hundred percent, and if he's only out there active to, you know, throw the lines off for their game prep, uh, you know, and he only can run a couple snaps like Cole Komet did at the end of the year, then I think the Lions have the advantage because when when Debo Samuel's not in there, you saw how Brock Purdy starts to get uh, exposed because that's a layer of their offense they desperately need with Debo, you know, you know, in you know, running the ball you know, getting out, you know, and, and catching some passes. He does a lot of different things. He's the Swiss army knife for that team. So I got the lions and I've got the Ravens. Let's get to our super chats on the way out here. Uh, appreciate everybody who's joining up as a diehard at all chgo.com yep. and our super yep. chats today, Isaac seal. Good to see you look like you're feeling better. Hogue. There you go. Adam Hogue love from Isaac for five bucks. Next up is my guy, Valpo Boiler 80. Region. Love What's it. Up? What's up, Region? Flus, Waldron, Joseph, Bears, Super Bowl 24. Is Carm our new Meatball Island president? Right here, buddy. Braggs, you have work to do to get your brand back. Thank you, Valpo Boiler. I'm not, <laughs> not going to crush on Mr. Joseph on day one here. I like stories where people get a chance later in life. I got a chance later in life. Uh, he worked for it. Dude's had a lot of success. Kevin Townsend, $20. Been wanting to say this, trade down with the commanders, move two and get Deron Payne, trade to the Patriots to get three and some picks, then get Marvin Harrison Jr., keep fields, we get a haul. Kevin, you're not alone in that thought. Many have had it. Next up after Kevin is Logan Scott, $5. I just want to say I appreciate you both and your awesome coverage. Keep up the amazing work. Also keeping you, Carm, hashtag Team Carm. Logan, you officially are my guy i'll think about you when i go to bed tonight that's a little creepy and weird but hey i am creepy and weird uh 10 more dollars from kevin sorry brags i'm just doing this keep fields i like it. trade down the commanders and get Payne and allen then trade down with the Patriots. wait we already did that one we did that one thank you very much it's a different color i don't know why how you got that past yeah he did 20 he did a 20 20 one and a 10 one for the same so we appreciate you, Kevin. Thanks, you, get a, Kevin. you get a double dose there. Double dose indeed. Kevin, thanks so much, man. I, yeah, I don't I don't think you're gonna be right, but it's an interesting one for sure. Uh, if they are trading down, I hope they get the haul you're talking about. JV on the run, 999. Even if Poles loves Justin, he can't say it out loud. He's got to be open to all the best deals he can make before deciding a semi-bluff at minimum. That's right, man. He's got to play poker. You're absolutely correct. 
in any trade down scenario, they better be getting Marvin Harrison Jr. to fully uh, flex out the Kevin tweet. And then I guess we're done with super chats because you're putting one up that's not. Jay Grizz, Carm looks and sounds like he's reporting live from his bathroom. Is my mic not good? Is my mic no, sound good? No, it's fine. We're just messing with you. And then Matt Nagy also said earlier you kind of dated yourself once again when you did Fast Time at Ridgemont High uh, reference. That's actually an office reference for Whatever. the kids that watch the show. Nobody knows what you're talking about from your early you know, 80s movie. You've never watched Fast Times? Are you serious? I no. Have you never watched Fast Times? I know Fast Times. I haven't watched it. You need I to watch Fast Times. No, it's I don't you. need to. Yeah, no, you do. You you absolutely do. You do. Matt, and Nag- go yes. ahead. Matt Nagy also says, just in regards to me doing a, a show for three and a half minutes that wasn't live, that I should have never quitted my day job. Uh, you're not wrong there. But luckily, Carm had to do the powering business start. That's the only reason I caught it. So shout out to Carm. Uh, that would have so, been great if we did a whole show that wasn't on. But we oh didn't. my God, Hogue would have ripped my head off. No, no, he loves you. All right, we're back on <laughs> Monday. We'll see you Sunday on the Discord. Thanks to everybody for being here today. As always, we love you guys. We appreciate the support greatly, even the ones that like Greg Braggs more than me. <laughs> have a great weekend, y'all. See you on Sunday in the Discord. We'll see you Monday on the show. Silly like the mayor.